This is the Hog Kong Football Hello once again for the Hong Kong Football Podcast coming to you from Kowloon, Hong Kong in a week in which Pegasus gave leaders Eastern a fright but a Giovanni hat-trick made it all right on the night the New Territories derby looks set to end square till two from Taipo put you in long in despair and Eastern are in Champions League action in Korea we ask, do the Blues have anything to fear? We've got plenty to talk about after a scintillating round of football in the Hong Kong Premier League that saw a massive 28 goals being put away. Plus, we preview Eastern's chances in the ACL as they take on Suwon Blue Wings from South Korea. And, of course, the next round of fixtures in the Premier League. So let's get down to business. My name, as not always, is Jeff Harbattle, but I am joined, as always, by Tobias Sousa. Toby, how am I doing so far? Really good. I'm impressed, to be honest. So, a very nice try to sneak on the podcast like this, Chef, I have to say. <laughs> but give me the chance to quickly introduce you to our listeners. So, this is Chef Heart Battle, a mainstay of Offside.hk. So, I think if you are a vivid reader of our website, then you have come across Chef. He is writing a lot of articles and also does most of the design work for Offside.hk. So thanks for this. And it's a great honor to have you on the show for the very first time here. And you are basically as much an expert about Hong Kong football as me or James. So it, it's really perfect to have you here today as another co-host. I know that at the moment you're in England, right? So how have you been following up with the Premier League so far? Yeah, of course. I've been watching all the games as much as I can um, on, on the internet. And of course, I've been writing articles still for Offside. So, yep. Still keeping up with everything, and hopefully I can uh, give some interesting stuff today. And also, I think James will be happy. It's me as well, because I'm an Everton fan as well. So I think he'll be happy with that. So keeping up the tradition of uh, toffees in the show. Right. I haven't thought about that, true. So we, I, I cannot get rid of the Everton fans in the podcast, apparently. But that's all right. So great to have you. And I guess we... Just give it a try and jump right into it, right? Okay, let's crack on then and let's talk about the uh, first of the games which we're going to cover from last weekend's action. It was Pegasus against Easton, which was the Saturday kickoff at 5.30 at Moncock Stadium. Um, pretty good turnout for this one. There was 1,500 or 1,507 to be exact. Um, and this was another cracker of a game involving Easton. It was a 5-3 win for the Blues ahead of their clash against Suwon, which we'll talk about later. Um, so Pegasus scored first, courtesy of a young Chi Lun, uh, the defender, strike, which very, very nice goal. Um, but Easton got back into the game, courtesy of a Giovanni da Silva tap-in. And then after the break, Josh Mitchell put away a header, and then... Giovanni da Silva again with another header to put Easton 3-1 up at this point. Toby, what did you make of the game up to this point? Well, it was interesting to see uh, Pegasus taking the lead. I was actually just following the game on the live ticker and was a bit shocked to see this. But yeah, I think it's pretty impressive that 
Eastern can manage a comeback like this. Definitely. I thought uh, I thought Eastern, they looked a little bit shaky to me to start with um, at the beginning of the game. I didn't think they sort of controlled it as, as the way in the way they normally do. Um, but sort of once they got back into the game um, with Giovanni saw, scoring the first goal, I thought they looked the dominant side from there and there out. But credit to Pegasus, actually. They fought back, didn't they, once, it was, uh, three, once they went 3-1 up. And uh, they made it hard for Easton. So um, after uh, Giovanni scored his second, um, Travis Major um, put the ball over Yapung Fai to make it 3-2. Um, then there was a cracker from Michel Lugo just a minute later. Um, and he put Easton back 4-2 up. Um, then probably one of the goals of the season, I don't know if you agree, Toby, but Jaumia Porto Pereira sort of ran almost like half the length of the pitch, dribbled around a few players and put it well beyond the, the outstretched hand of Yapung Fai. And then Giovanni finished it and sealed the points for Easton um, in the last minute of extra time. So on the balance of play, Toby, do you think it was a, a fair result for the Blues? Yeah, I think eventually it was a fair result. Also, if you look at the stats of the game, uh, if you just look at the shots, I think it is 12 to 27, meaning Eason had 27 shots, more than double than Pegasus. And on target, 15 out of the 27 for Eastern, compared to just five from Pegasus. And also possession, Eastern was slightly ahead. So I think at the end of the day, it was a fair result. But what maybe worries me a bit and um, I want to ask you about Eastern have now conceded six goals in the last two games that's pretty much actually so what do you think happened yeah it's quite it's quite unusual really Um, yeah they conceded three against South China of course in the last game and then conceded three in this game so that's six conceded in the last two as you said it it, I'm not sure whether they should be worried because obviously you know South China and Pegasus are slightly better opposition, if you like, you know, considering some of the other teams that they might be playing in the future. But definitely, it's it's definitely something that Chan Yuan Ting should should def, uh, think about a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe perhaps Diego Diego Eli could be the missing piece in defence. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that would be at the moment the obvious reason. Diego Eli and by her more or less formed a very good defensive midfield team in the first half of the season. And since he is missing Diego Alley, it seems that they are a bit shaky in the back. Because, I mean, the centre-backs are still the same. Left and right backs are very much the same as at the beginning of the season. But now six goals in two games is a, is a lot. And I think in total Eastern conceded 17. So this is almost like a third of all conceded goals in just the last two games so yeah I think it's definitely something they need to keep an eye on um, and of course as we mentioned before Manuel Bleda made his welcome return to the starting 11 um, he set up the fifth goal if you like Easton were on the break and then he sort of ran the length of the pitch and it looked like he was going to fall over but the ball happily sort of landed at Giovanni's feet and he managed to slot it away but um, how do you think he looked when he when he came back on the pitch? Did he did he look sort of the Manuel Blader of old, if you like? Yeah, a little bit. I have to say, I think he he looked quite good, and it was a good comeback for him. I think just 
if you imagine, it's just like three weeks, three and a half weeks, and he had a broken toe. So it's quite impressive to have such a quick recovery. And it is crucial now to get a bit of match practice, and hopefully he will be ready then again in the Champions League, because for that he is really crucial, because he's the only foreign striker that they're having there. So it's good to have him back, I think. One very interesting thing that I noticed is, which was very strange, is there was actually no booking in the entire game. Wow, that's, that is quite nice. We love a bit of fair play at the, uh, the, the Hong Kong Football Podcast, so it's good to hear. No nastiness in the game. Very nice. Um, what do you think about Pegasus, Toby? They've had a bit of a disappointing season so far, especially with the players. They had Salva Chamorro, um, get injured earlier in the season and they're sort of languishing now towards the wrong end of the table, really. Certainly not where they were expecting to be, I imagine, once they started the season. What do you think this is down to? Is there anything that you can sort of pinpoint as to why Pegasus aren't playing the way that they've they've been expected to? Yeah, I think we have been struggling with this question for the whole season so far. So they had this early change of the coach and... Ever since, they didn't really look very solid in the back. And at the same time, once Salva Kamara was gone, they they really had troubles to get goals in inside and up front. Uh, I think now a little bit with Chen Suki, um, it improved. And also Travis Major now performed quite well in the last few games. But compared to the previous seasons, they are certainly underperforming. And I wonder what they are going to do for next season because if it stays like this they even might have to look for another home ground in the next year if South China get the bragging rights back for the Hong Kong Stadium but so what what did you think so far about Pegasus? I mean obviously they've looked a little bit better since Kevin Bond's taken back charge of the team it's been a difficult one, really. They've they've not had a lot of fluency. They've had, obviously, injuries and certain things like that happen throughout the, the season. But definitely, I wasn't expecting them to uh, to be in and around sort of seventh position, which is where they are now. I was expecting them, you know, to challenge really heavily for a playoff position. So I'm quite surprised. But um, it's it's a funny one. They have been playing better of late, though. So maybe, you know, with, with there's a couple of games left. We'll see what happens with them. Um but okay, let's move on to the next game that happened over last weekend, which was Glory Sky taking on Kitchy. That was on Sunday at 2.30 at the Hammer Hill Sports Ground. And it was a 5-1 win for Kitchy with all the goals coming in the second half, Toby, which was quite strange. Um, Sandro opened the scoring uh, for Kitchy, but then the Korean Yoon Dong-hun equalised, um, which is quite impressive in itself really Toby actually because it's I think Kitchi have the the best defense in the league I think they've only conceded seven goals so quite impressive in itself but then a Jared Lum goal and a hat trick for Rafino with the last one being a penalty sealed the win for Alex Chu's side much needed win for Kitchi but I don't know it was a bit of a foregone conclusion before the game even started, I felt. I mean, Glory Sky didn't have Everton Camargo. They didn't have Mirko Teodorovic. Um, I mean, Kitchi were missing Lamcar Y, but they didn't really seem to miss him. Um, so you and James predicted a Kitchi win last week. Was it as one-sided as it looked on paper? Yeah, I think eventually it was. And yeah, what was particularly interesting is that Rufino mentioned it in an interview after the game is that 
they went nil-nil into halftime, and then Kitschi changed the system for the second half. They started actually with three defenders, and then they brought in Sandro, and he was also the, f- the one who opened the score sheet for Kitschi. And with that, it just turned out to be what we would have expected at the beginning with Kitschi dominating the game. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Sandro, actually, because I think he came in for some pretty scathing criticism from you and James last week when he was played out of position for the national team. Um, I thought he looked quite good when he came on. I thought he changed the game. Um, what did you think of, of his performance overall when he, when he came on? No, absolutely. And I think our criticism was more directed towards Kim Van Gogh for playing him out of position rather than um, on uh, Sandro himself, who I think had a terrific season so far. And I think he even is now a contester for the top goal scorer of the league again. We've played a not really having a chance to increase his tally on top. Am I right? Do we need to fact check this, what I just said? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's scored 14 goals now for Kitschi, Sandro. So he's just one away from the top. I think Bleda has 15, uh, along with Giovanni, actually. He's come out of nowhere and he scored 14 goals um, this season. So Sandro's level with him at the moment. So yeah, definitely a contender to be top scorer of the season. So Glory Sky, Toby, what do you think? They, they've had a season largely based around the relegation zone. Are they definitely safe now? Do you think that there's no way that Hong Kong FC can catch them? think they'll be all right? Yeah, I think the game against HKFC, the win, and quite convincing win, I think that was it. Because maybe it's not so much about how much or how well Glory Sky can still perform for the remaining of the season, but it's just the difficult matches that are ahead for HKFC that almost make it impossible for them to pick up any more points. I think for now, HKFC would need to have a win. They are two points behind at the last spot. And I think Glory Sky had eight points and 10th spot. And just one point behind R&F. So I think, um, and this is what we're going to see the next uh, week, because this will be a crucial battle for Glory Sky. They could still finish actually on ninth and take over R&F. Coming back to your question, I think that they should be pretty safe. But what do you think? You think that HKFC still have a chance to pull off a miracle? I find it very, very hard to disagree with you, Toby. I can't see HKFC winning either of their their last two games. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit later on when we review their game. Um, Well, I'm going to pin you down, Toby. Obviously, judging on the balance of play between Kitschi and Easton right now, who would you say um, is more equipped to win the title this year. It's probably going to come down to the last game. Who do you think's got it in them to be the champs this year? Oh, that's a tough one. And just to let our listeners know, because I can see Jeff on the camera and he is wearing an Eastern top. (laughs) Oh, you're not supposed to say that, Toby. James has told you many times, I'm sure. Right. (laughs) But aren't you a Glossed Eastern fan? Eastern and Rangers, I'd probably say, are my teams, you know. But but we, but let's move on swiftly and go back to the question. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. Sorry about that. To be honest, what I would expect, if I would have to predict anything, I believe that both Kitchi and Eastern will win the remaining games and it will come down to a showdown on the very last game. 
uh, in the Hong Kong Premier League, it depends on the head-to-head result between the two teams that play each other. And the first match in the league was a draw, a very boring nil-nil draw between Kitchi and Eastern. But given the recent form, I, at the moment, would see Kitchi winning against Eastern. And for that reason, because I believe it will come back to the very last match, I even, although it might not look like this on the table, but at the moment I would bet my money, if betting would be allowed in Hong Kong, which is not, I would bet my money on Kitchi. I think I would actually agree with you, actually, just looking at, at the way Eastern have been playing. We talked about them conceding goals. I think Kitchi, they've got a really well set up defence. They look good going forward. Sandro is banging them in for them. Yeah, it'd be difficult to see Easton beating them in a game between the two right now, if I'm being 100% honest. So I probably would agree with you there. Um, anyway, let's move on to the next game, which was the New Territories derby. It was Yunlong versus Tai Po. That was on Sunday at 5.30 at the Yunlong Stadium. Um, best attendance of the weekend. There was 1,665 that made the journey to go and watch that one. Massive win for Taipo with late goals coming from Nakamura and Dudu. Nakamura's first one was a fantastic looping free kick um, and Dudu getting a goal seven minutes from time with a header from Nakamura's corner. Nakamura, again, the provider with that one. It was a bit of a surprise for me, to be honest. Um, I know Yunlong didn't have Randelovic, and they were missing Ganlok Fung as well. Seemed like a bit of a boring game, to be honest, for about 70 minutes, and then it sort of sprung into life with once um, once Nakamura found the net. On the balance of play, Toby, do you think Taipo were worthy winners? That's a good question. Um, I'm really surprised. I think we have discussed before that, as everyone knows, um, I'm a very, very outspoken typo supporter so i don't make any <laughs> secret about this and this season so far it was very strange because they can play brilliant in one week and then rubbish in the next one and especially for this week i would have expected that yunlong would come out as a winner almost 100 percent because typo even missed some of the key players ita parika has suffered a very, very serious injury, so he will be gone for the rest of the season. David Lazari was suspended, and also Fung Hingwa, he saw a red card the other day. So I wouldn't have given them many chances, and especially a few weeks ago, Yun Long actually still had the theoretical chance to join the title race of Kichi and Eastern. Given all this, I would have expected a Yun Long win, and I'm, again, quite surprised that Taipo pulled off this unexpected victory and so in the end of the day I think it might have been a deserved win I haven't been in the stadium I heard that it was a kind of balanced and uninteresting game for quite a while nevertheless Taipo is now head-on-head with Yunlong on for the fifth place they both have 27 points absolutely yeah they're both on 27 points Yunlong in fifth and uh Taipo in sixth, but Yunlong have the slightly better head-to-head record after they won 3-0 in the previous game. Yep, Yunlong had a couple of chances. I know Pereira had a had an effort that, that narrowly missed. But it was a forgettable game, to be honest, until Nakamura put his goal away. Um, 
It's a beautiful goal. Um, if you have the chance to watch it, please do. As you mentioned, Typo have been very inconsistent of late, but this definitely puts them right back into contention for a playoff spot now. Yun Long are slipping, though, aren't they? I think they've won one out of five, which is worrying for them. What do you think, Tobe? Do you think Yun Long will still have enough to finish in the top five, or do you think Typo will pit them to it? I'm so bad in predicting how Typo is, is going to perform, so... I, I I better don't say anything about this. I I still cross my fingers for typo, but I I don't dare to make any predictions. <laughs> we we know you're praying, Toby. We know you're praying for a, for a typo a typo playoff playoff win. We may see them in the Champions League next year. Who knows? Yes, who knows? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> that's the, that's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next one then, which was Hong Kong FC taking on. South China at the Hong Kong Football Club Stadium uh, on Saturday. This was moved originally. It was originally scheduled to take place on Friday at 8pm, but it was moved to Saturday. It was a very one-sided win. In fact, I'd go as far as to say it was one of the most one-sided wins I've seen for a while for South China. I could not really see HKFC scoring at any point, and I was actually surprised when they did score um, late in the game. But yet, dominant 6-1 win for the Carolinas. Kato Yusuke opened the scoring for South China. He scored on 17 minutes, followed just four minutes later by Chan Siu Kwan strike. Um, and then Nikola Komazec got back on the score sheet um, just a couple of minutes before the end of the first half. Then there were goals for Chu Xu K and Lo Kong Y, and Nikola Komazec scored again um, to round off the goals for the Carolinas. As I mentioned before, Hong Kong FC did get one back through Thomas Smith on 75 minutes. But what do you think, Toby? I, for me, I just I, Hong Kong FC are—they uh, look dead and buried at this point. I just can't really see them getting anything more out of the rest of the season. No, I fully agree. Um, there's really nothing to argue about. It's interesting that it was the last home game for HKFC, actually. And throughout the season, both of their surprising wins were away. So they never won at home, which I thought actually at the beginning of the season, it would have been an advantage because it's an artificial pitch. It's slightly smaller than most of the sports grounds in Hong Kong. So I thought it would would have been an advantage for them, but at the end of the day, they never won at home. And the last two games that are still remaining are away games. The first to Kitschi and then the next one to Pegasus. I think for Pegasus, it will be in Mongkok Stadium. So both of these games will be in Mongkok Stadium for them. And yeah, it, it doesn't look good for them. And I think that they have to think seriously about relegation at the moment. But then again... In Hong Kong, you never know if a relegation spot really means relegation in the end. So there's always like a little bit of hope. That's very true, yeah. Um, obviously, last season, there were Dreams Metro Gallery that um, relegated themselves due to financial issues. So they might still have a way out. But to be honest, just looking at the quality of their defence, I mean, South China on so many occasions just sort of danced past them, basically. And they found it really easy, I think, going forward against their defence. Um, so I can't really see anything 
positive coming out of the next two games for Hong Kong FC. But you never know. They beat Taipo, Toby. So right. we never know what's <laughs> going to happen. So judging from South China, um, although I suppose it's probably difficult to judge them on this game because I think they were playing a side quite low on confidence. They've had quite an up and down season. Um, they've had a couple of managerial changes. What do you think they need next season to try and challenge for the title and silverware again? You had the feeling for quite a while that they didn't really care or didn't really have this fighting spirit that we were used to. Maybe this changed now. We will see about this. I think they showed a quite respectable performance against Eastern when they almost caused an upset scoring three goals. These kind of games against HKFC, they, they're always a good confidence boost. But then we will see next week. I think they, they're facing Taipo. That's, again, a game you never know how this is going. Yep, absolutely. Um, they move up to fourth as a result of that win, but they stay very much in contention for a third-place finish. Let's move on to the next game, Toby, and we're going to talk about RNF versus Southern. That was on Saturday at 2.30 at Shusai Wan Sports Ground. 147 people went to this one. Quite a pitiful attendance. Oh, but it was televised. It was on on.cc, um, which was the third of three televised games. So we've got to give props to them. I think you and James mentioned it last week, but, you know, on.cc are definitely uh, paving the way for easily accessible televised Hong Kong football, which is good. Um, it ended 5-0 to Southern um, with a hat-trick coming from Marco de la Espada. Actually, he scored, the, he scored his first goal in the first half after seven minutes and had to wait until the second half to get his second, midway through the second half. And then he scored his third and his hat-trick 15 minutes from time. And then to cap it off, James Hart and Paul Nguyen scored one apiece for Southern. Toby, this was a bit of an, another another game where it was fairly easy to predict the victors. What do you think about this one? Yeah, as you said, this was one of the games where you probably would have known beforehand how it will end. I think we already mentioned last week that R&F don't really have anything to play for anymore. They seem to be safe in the table. For Salvon, on the other hand, they have a good chance to finish third in the league. So... It was obvious that they will go full strength into this game. Still, in the league, still unbeaten, right, in 2017, which is a very amazing record. Yep, still unbeaten in 2017. Um, this win takes them to eight wins in their last 11 league matches, which is unbelievable form, really, um, which is why they find themselves in third at the moment. Um, I think they're well on for a, at least a playoff spot and... Who knows? They could. They could well. They could well do it, couldn't they, Toby? They've been in. They've beaten Kitchi and they've beaten South China recently. I think they've definitely got a chance of making the 2018 Asia Champions League. What do you think? No, I, I fully agree. I think that Salwan that definitely have maybe the best the best cards to to join the playoff. But then in the playoff again, um, they will either face Eastern or Kitchi. I'm not too sure if they really make it into the Champions League or the Champions qualifiers, or the AFC Cup, we still don't know. It's it's a big mystery probably until the day before the season starts. But they will definitely have a playoff spot. I think that, that, that we can already tell for sure. 
Definitely. Um, we've got to mention RNF just quickly. Um, I mean, they really look like they're coasting now. Um, interestingly, um, Chuck Yu Kwok, um, the local born striker, he scored seven of RNF's total goal amount for the whole season. They've scored 13 goals, so he's actually scored more than 50% of their goals. Um, I imagine you agree, Toby, they'd have been in massive trouble if he hadn't have been in their squad. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they would be. And so he was a, a great signing. And again, it's, it's, quite, it's quite a shame, though, what we discussed um, earlier in the podcast as well, is that it sometimes needs a team like R&F to give these kind of players the playing time they need to really prove themselves. I think the feeling is that R&F have a long-term plan to stay in the Hong Kong Premier League. And so we might see them still next year and the years that follow. Yep, yep, definitely. I think that's that's true. Um, I mean, they've had problems all season sort of really with going forward. As I say, apart from Chuck Yu Kwok, um, if he hadn't have been there, they'd have been in trouble. But they've recently sort of started letting a fair number of goals in as well. So, yeah, who knows what will happen for them. They definitely look as though they're going to have enough to stay in the division for another season. Okay, that's all of the games dealt with for, that took place last weekend in the Hong Kong Premier League. Uh, but next we're going to be talking about Eastern and the big Asia Champions League match against Suwon Blue Wings in South Korea next Wednesday. So we're going to discuss that in a moment right after this. <laughs> Hong Kong Football Podcast is out every Wednesday. You can get it from iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, let's talk about Eastern now and the big game in the Asia Champions League against Suwon Blue Wings in South Korea on Wednesday, the 12th of April in Group G, of which Eastern currently sit bottom with one point, which was from their draw against Kawasaki Frontal. Last time out in the reverse fixture, um, Eastern put up a pretty solid display, actually, um, keeping the Koreans at bay until the 78th minute, actually, when the substitute for Suwon, Jonathan Aparecido, came off the bench to score the winner. A bit of a disappointing goal to concede, actually. Virtually had a free header in the box, after some poor marking, which is a bit disappointing, as Easton had defended well up to that point. Big plus for Easton is they will have top scorer Manuel Blader back from injury, or it certainly looks that way, who's going to add some goal threat to Easton's attack. It's obviously going to be a difficult game again, um, more so with the match being played on unfamiliar soil, but what do you think the chances are of Easton getting something out of this, Toby? Do you expect them to get anything out of this game at all? Yeah, it will be interesting, because... I was surprised what Easton did in the home game against 2-1 Samsung Blue Wings. I think we expected it to be a much more one-sided game, already given the fact that Su Won, they held Guangzhou at home to a draw. Um, so they are a very solid side and uh, one of the best sides at the moment um, in South Korea. So Easton at home, given all the, the missing players that he had, I think they were very impressive. And in terms of the lineup, things can only get better. Uh, Blader seems to be on the way back. Um, some of the 
other injured players like Chu Yingzhi, who actually had the best chance for the Hong Kong national team if there's amazing free kick in the very last minute. He seems to be back in the team. So, yeah, I think that still we will see a very defensive Eastern side, but I would say that they might have a chance if the luck is on the side to get another draw out of that, at least one point. What do you think? Yeah, I think last time they made it quite difficult for Suwon. Um, obviously, aside from the fact that it was being played at Hong Kong Stadium, which is familiar, a familiar ground to Eastern, but I, I certainly thought that they dealt well with the threat that Suwon had coming forward. Um, I know that sort of chances at the other end were few and far between, but I thought that they looked well set up to, to deal with Suwon. So if they can cut out some of these defensive errors, I think definitely they've got a chance of taking something. I, would I go as far as to say that Easton have a chance of winning the game? Probably not, but I could definitely see them perhaps sneaking a nil-nil draw. Just depends really on A, who are the starters for the match, the formation... Uh, I think, as as you just mentioned, I think Eastern probably benefit in this one from having a more defensive formation with Blader up top um, to lead any counter-attacks going forward. What do you think about the formation, Toby? Do you think that they should go with a similar formation that they've had in the previous games? Or do you think they should try and go out and try and get something from this game with a more attacking lineup? No, I think, especially away, it will be, again, a strong focus on the defense. And I think the big difference would be on the top. At the home game, James McKee was very much on his own in the attack. And that's a very difficult task for him because he is much more comfortable on the wings. What we already saw with Blader, for example, in the, in the first game against uh, Kawasaki, first picking up the ball and trying to hold it for a while and maybe picking up a foul or sending James McKee to one of his runs. And I think this worked very well against Kawasaki. And with Blader coming back, I think that might be, again, uh, the strategy. So, of course, defense. I think Eastern looked much better with four defenders in the back. I think they won't, again, choose this five-defender solution that they did for Guangzhou Evergrande. Yeah, I think we will see a very similar lineup with four defenders and then five midfielders and then Manuel Blader probably, just the single man on top. I definitely agree. And I thought, you know, Josh Mitchell and Roberto Afonso Jr. dealt really well, as I mentioned Um with most of the attacking moves coming from Su Wan, so if they can produce another good performance, they definitely have some kind of chance of getting something from this, is what I feel. And it's probably worth mentioning as well that Su Wan, uh, in their last two games in the K-League, they have been held to draws against Daegu and Incheon, respectively. I think last weekend they were involved in a 3-3 draw with Incheon, so... There's definitely a chance for Easton to uh, to do something here, I feel. Okay, let's leave it there for the Asia Champions League. But of course, we've got loads to talk about still with the 20th round of the Hong Kong Premier League coming up this weekend. That is right after this. Right, let's get straight into the next round of the Hong Kong Premier League. It's round 20 and it's due to kick off this Friday at Mongkok Stadium. Uh, the game between Kichi and Hong Kong FC. 
that match is kicking off at 8pm and it's going to be broadcast live on on.cc. They've only got two games left, HKFC. They've got this game against Kitchi and the last game against Pegasus. Kitchi have four games remaining and they will, I imagine, be looking to make short work of Hong Kong FC here. Um, HKFC are going to be missing Andrew Wilde, who got his fifth yellow card last game, but they do welcome back the captain, uh, Zoltan Gurchi, who's going to be back in the started lineup for them. Probably won't make much difference. Um, but um, interestingly, Huang Yang uh, for Kichi, he, I think he needs to be careful. He's on four bookings at the moment, and depending on when he picks up his next booking, he could potentially miss um, the final against Eastern even um, if he were to get it in one of the games coming in the next few weeks. So do you think we would see Huang Yang picking up purposefully a card against HKFC? Do you know what, Toby? If I was him, I probably would. Because I think their next game is against Pegasus uh, on April the 17th. And I think the game against Easton, let's be honest, unless Easton drop points uh, somewhere along the way, I think that game's going to decide it. So I would probably look to get it out of the way before taking it to the wire and missing a massive game like that and costing your side a chance at winning the championship. That's my view. Right, so all eyes on Huang Yang for that now. I think so, I think so. What do you think about the game, Toby? This is probably a banker. If you were a gambling man, not that any of us are, but uh, this looks pretty certain to me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I fully agree. Let's not forget that Kichi do have the strongest defense, so it will be very hard for HKFC to really score that night as well. Um, but let's hear your prediction. How how many goals you think Kichi will score that night? <laughs> I think it could be a big, big win for Kichi. Um, Hong Kong FC, they've let in 62 goals over the season which is a massive amount of goals to concede i could probably see this going five nil to kitchy probably with a couple from sandro what do you think toby what's your score prediction for this one yeah very similar to this a five nil a six nil maybe we're in a six one you know you never know hkfc they do sometimes look good in with set pieces maybe they get their goal of honor at some point but yeah it should be a very very smooth affair for Kichi. It will be interesting to see if they save any of the top players, if they start again with Rufino, who I think has done well now. I feel a little bit sorry for Rufino as well, actually. You know, he's he's kind of, he's played second fiddle a lot to the likes of Sandro over the course of the season. But when he's come on, I feel like he's done quite well. Um, you know, sort of illustrated really by his, by his hat-trick in the last game against Glory Sky. So, yeah, I think... They should probably stick with him. He looks a good. He looks a threat going forward. But let's be honest. I think whoever Kitchy line up with, this is as much of a certainty as you're gonna get. I think. Although miracles do happen, let's let's never say never. But certainly, HKFC will have one eye on the following game, um, which is on the Saturday, eighth of April, between RNF and Glory Sky. 
at the Sisai Wan Sports Ground. This is, as you mentioned before, the battle of who will finish in ninth or 10th place. And if Glory Sky were to win this game, you've got to say that that pretty much seals. In fact, it will seal Hong Kong FC's relegation to the first division. Glory Sky have Yu Poi Hong suspended for this game. Um, RNF look as though they have pretty much a full squad available to them. What do you think for this one, Toby? It's a difficult one to call, I think. Yeah, it, it should be difficult, but then, to be honest, um, also Everton Camargo is back again, I think, after his suspension and Mirko Diodorovic. And if I remember correctly, Glory Sky beat RNF in the first game of the season. These two teams met each other in the Senior Shield and also the FA Cup, and Glory Sky always came out on top. So RNF never won against Glory Sky this season. And I honestly think that it won't change for this game as well. That's just my, my gut feeling, to be honest. <laughs> It's a really difficult one to call. I mean, as you mentioned, Glory Sky are going to have Everton Camargo back, who has been their standout player of the season. Um, he was in contention. I think he still is in contention, actually, for being the top goal scorer of the season. He's had an excellent year with them. Oh, it's a difficult one. Um, on their day, RNF can organise a decent looking defence but of late they've conceded a lot of goals and I'd probably have to agree with you I would go for a 1-0 win for Glory Sky here I think how about you? Sounds about right but I think there might be another maybe even more interesting prediction that I would like to ask you for this game is what do you think will be the attendance like for that game? <laughs> <laughs> do you think we will see a the lowest record of the season so far? Susai Wan Sports Ground for me just should not, even though it's a nice ground and, you know, it's got a, it's got a lot of seats in there, I just, I can't see it's, it's worth in the Hong Kong Premier League at the moment. Any game that's taken place there, even with some of the bigger teams, like with RNF playing Eastern and Kitchi and, and, and whoever else, the attendance has been really poor. And if I was RNF, I'd be looking at alternatives, I think, next year for a different stadium because it's just not doing them any favours. It's not really creating themselves as a brand in, in the Hong Kong Premier League. And I think, to be honest, um, in order for them to do that, they're going to need to move. I could, I honestly can see this being a game where it falls under 100 in the attendance, to be honest. So how low? <laughs> how low do you go? <laughs> <laughs> Are you asking me for a number? Let's go, uh, let's go 80, I'm going to go 85. It's the year I was born. So let's go with 85 there. How about you? What would you say? What do you think? Um, no, I, I, I go lower. I go lower than that. I say 47. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I can, it's, it's, It'll definitely be low. Let's let's be honest. We we know it's going to be a low attendance. So, uh. one ground that I was really missing this season was Shamshopo Sports Ground, and I know it's also one of your favorites. No, Shamshopo, if I remember correctly. I really love Shamshopo Sports Ground, um, and I couldn't. I can't really understand why the likes of Rangers or someone like that haven't taken it up. Um, it's a really nice ground, really easy to get to the stadium. 
five minutes walk from Lychikok MTR station. So realistically, as I mentioned, if RNF do want to make a name for themselves in the league, they probably should think about moving next season. And to underline your credentials here, Jeff, right? You have already been to Shamshapur Sports Ground when we still had Yokohama FC playing in Hong Kong, right? Yeah, I was a season ticket for them. I really, I just really like the ground. Of course, the team that played there at that particular time were good as well, but no, sadly no longer with us. Like so many others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've joined a long list, I think, of the Hong Kong graveyard of football teams. There's so many now. My prediction is Glory Sky, actually. I think they'll be gone next season, but there we go. Anyway, moving forward, uh, let's go to the next game, which is the Saturday evening game between South China and Taipo. That match is going to be at Mongkok Stadium. And that one is live as well on on.cc. Um, there are only two games left for Taipo as well. They've had... Pretty good past performances against South China typos, so definitely it's not a game where you can count them out as such. But with South China sort of picking up their form recently, oh, again, another difficult one to call. Typo, of course, they're still without Itaparika, but I think they're going to welcome back Fung Hinghua and David Lazari to their starting lineup, if I'm not mistaken. What do you think, Toby, for this one? Now, there is a very strange thing going on with Taipo. Like, if you look at their fixture list, they only win every other game. It's just, it's a pattern with them. Like, they win, they lose, they win, they lose, they win, they lose. They, they even almost never draw, actually. I think the last draw goes back to January somewhere. Following this pattern, South China should win this game. But then again, <laughs> as, a, as a Taipo fan, of course, I have to hope that Typo might cause an upset. I have my hopes that it will be a very competitive game that can actually go either way, to be honest. For Typo, they only have two games left, so there is maybe a little bit more at stake for them because they need the points if they really want to you know, take over the playoff spot from Yun Long. But then for South China, the same. It's about the third place for them, and it's more about honor for South China, I believe. They were out of the title race completely this season. What what do you think? Do you give Typo any kind of realistic chance to pull off a win here or It's it's been a weird season for both these teams to be honest. Um South China, obviously we mentioned before about their managerial change halfway through the season when they um they hired Dejan Antovic and sacked uh, Ricardo Rambo as their head coach. Since then They've just continued to be inconsistent for me. Uh, aside from the signings of Komazech, and of course they've kept players like Mahamara Wal as well, who's always a, a good player and, and dangerous on the wings. But for me, they look shaky in defence, South China. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them concede here because Taipo is just so good going forward, even without the likes of Itaparika in their side. You know, they've got, like you said, Lucas uh, Espindola da Silva. They've got Yuto Nakamura. Um, even players like Tan Shin Lok, who I think is really underrated, actually. I think he's had a fantastic season for Taipo. I could really see them making it really difficult for South China. A tough one to call, I'd probably say a 1-1 draw would be a, a realistic result between these two. 
I would agree, but then as I mentioned, Typo did never draw in recent weeks, so <laughs> um, I, I would go all out and say two one for Typo. They they just they just pick up this win against South China. Well, there's no surprises there. Is the Toby going for a Typo win? So there we go. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, this is Rangers taking on Eastern. Uh, this is another Saturday evening kickoff game, and this is going to be at 8 p.m. Originally scheduled to take place on the Friday, but moved due to Eastern's Asia Champions League commitments. This will be taking place at Ching Yi Sports Ground. And again, once again, props to On.cc live on uh, on their channel. So by all means, please uh, go and watch that one. Yeah, this is a weird one for me, obviously because we mentioned before that I'm I have uh, loyalties to both of these sides, and it's a difficult one because this is a, obviously a must-win game for Eastern. They have to win this to make sure that they remain on course for their uh, the championship. But Rangers are another side for me that have been a bit of an enigma this year. They've they put in some good performances. I think they beat Pegasus 3-2 recently. And they've got some good players. They've got Laiyu Chong, who's, I think, really skillful player. Um, they've got Clayton, who's actually on loan from Eastern. And they've got Jordi Tarez, who's their captain, on loan from Kitchi. This is, um, this is a potential banana skin, I think, for Eastern. I think probably they'll still have enough in their ranks to come out on top. I imagine that Bleda will probably be rested again after his injury and they probably won't start with him. I imagine Giovanni will carry on in his role up at the top of the park. It's a difficult one to call this, isn't it, Toby? I think I would probably say a 1-0 win for Easton here. Um, probably a late goal from Giovanni for me. What do you think for this one? I think we will see uh, maybe a, a more clear-cut game for Eastern. I think for the remaining season, Eastern will really get their act together, and I don't really see them slipping against Rangers. But then, again, you know, you, you never know. Uh, just one interesting thing that um, I just noticed is that when you, our dear listeners, hear this podcast, Rangers would have played another game, um, actually, this Tuesday of this week. It's a rescheduled game against Southern from the second week of the Premier League. So it's a busy week for both Rangers and Eastern. Yeah, we'll see if, if that could make a difference. What do you think the score is going to be in this one, Toby, between Rangers and Eastern? Um, I go for a 1-3. Um, okay. Chun Kit is scoring for Rangers. I think many of our listeners will probably share my opinion, but he's just my favourite player, purely because, on account of his ponytail, it's just magnificent. And it looks, you know, the way he keeps it so shiny. It's just, you know, I think... I think uh, there must be other Chu Chung Kit fans out there. And uh, if you are, please write into us and let us know so we can uh, discuss how much we love his ponytail. Yeah. If I'm thinking back, two years ago, he was playing for Taipo in their relegation season. And then he changed to, was it Wong Tai Sin? Yeah, Wong Tai Sin. He moved to Wong Tai Sin. And this season, he's uh, back at Rangers. Right. And finally, not in a relegation scramble so that's that's an improvement for him good for him the ponytail finally starting to uh, to bring some luck to the man okay moving on this is the final game of the weekend this is the only game on the sunday the 9th of april 
Uh, it's at Yunlong Stadium, kicking off at 5.30 between Yunlong and Pegasus. Um, Yunlong, they have Law Chun Ting suspended, but Ganlok Fung um, and Alexander Angelovic should be back in the starting lineup for the Tangerines. Um, Pegasus, other than long-term absentee Salva Chamorro, look as though they have pretty much a full squad at their disposal. This is another difficult one to call for me, purely because Pegasus have been quite inconsistent as well. They've obviously made it difficult for Easton last weekend, and some of their players like Travis Major and Jaramillo Porto Pereira can cause real problems on their day if they're given the space to run at defenders. And Yun Long are slipping as well, as we mentioned. They, you know, they, their recent record's not good. It's a difficult one, this one. Do you know what? I'm going to say a 1-0 win to Pegasus for this one. I'm going to go against the home side. Quite controversial. What are your thoughts on this one, Toby? I very much agree with you. Um, it seems that Yun Long is slipping a bit. And then Pegasus are on and off. Chenzu Key so far, I think, only scored once. Uh, I think he really hasn't made his mark yet for the team. He could become a very crucial player for them. But I think at the end of the day, still, I, I have some trust in Yun Long. And I, I will go for a draw. It will either be a very, very boring nil-nil. Or a very exciting 3-3. I'm, I'm not really sure yet how it goes. But I, I go for, for a draw. Okay, going safe. I just think, personally, Pegasus, with the players that they have and Yunlong's recent form, it probably, Pegasus will, might have a little bit too much for Yunlong, judging from their recent form. And, of course, with, it, it goes hand-in-hand in hand with what I was saying before about Pegasus. Not, They shouldn't really be where they are, to be 100% honest. But we shall see, and that is the end of the... Games that will be taking place next weekend. And and I think that pretty much wraps everything up, Toby. So let's finish it there. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Chef Hartbettle, to join us. I think it was a very, very impressive debut for you here on the Hong Kong Football Podcast. And I, th I hope we have you again soon. I hope so too. I hope so too. I'm sure James won't put too much of an argument up about that, talking about Everton, the poor performance <laughs> in the derby against Liverpool but anyway, let's wrap it up there um, thank you very much and we'll see you next time bye bye we like Hong Kong that's a place for you